Hi there. Thank you for choosing to listen to this sermon. We pray that God would use this as an added resource to benefit you in conjunction with you belonging to a local church near you. This sermon was preached at Central Baptist Church, Pretoria. 130 years of believers loving God, caring for one another, and impacting the world. May the Lord bless the reading of His holy word to each one of our hearts. Now, Psalm 90 reflects the experience of God's judgment upon Israel. And at the time, the Israelites were in the wilderness. It was just after they had left Mount Sinai. They murmured and complained about life in the wilderness. So bitter and ungodly were the complaints that they angered God and invited his judgment. And the judgments of God took many forms including the fact that he sent venomous snakes upon them to bite them and to take their lives. Moses, the man of God, stood in the gap and prayed for them. And the substance of his prayers consists in six petitions covered here in verses 12 through to 17. But what I want to draw your attention to this morning is the first part of his prayer in which he draws a contrast between man's yes and God's yes. If you are one for giving titles to sermons, that's what I would like to call it. Man's yes and God's yes. Let's begin with man's years. There are a number of things we learn about man's years from this psalm. First, it's the fact that man's years are 70 to 80. We read that in verse 10. The days of our lives are 70 years. And if by reason of strength They are 80 years, yet their boast is only labor and sorrow. The days of our lives, that is to say, the lives of men, the life of Moses, the lives of the Israelites, the lives of men who have lived upon this earth, they are 70 years to 80 years. If God is gracious, he gives men even more years. And so we know of men who have lived well into their 90s. And looking at that from a human perspective, it would sound like a very long time. 70 years? 80 years? That's a very long time. I've been writing a history of our church. And uh, in order to go back to the very early years 
of our church's life, which goes back to the mid-50s, I had to look for people who were there. And there is none to find in Zambia. <laughs> I found someone here in South Africa, a lady called Barbara Harris, the wife of the very first pastor of our church, and another lady in the UK, both of them are in their 90s. God spared them so I could meet them and get the history out of them. 70 to 80 sounds a long time, but it really isn't. And I'll show you why. First, these years are like a sigh. We read that in verse 9. For all our days have passed away in your wrath. We finish our years like a sigh. And a sigh lasts only a few seconds, doesn't it? And our years, 70 or 80 though they may be, are like a sigh. That is how God looks at them. They are like a sigh. Secondly, they are like dust. In verse 3, you turn man to dust or destruction, as some would say. This is like ground which is beaten and broken and eventually it turns into dust. At 70 or 80, for many people, it's well before that. Their bodies are turned to dust. Because dust, from dust you came. And to dust you shall return says the Lord. There is more about these years. They are like particles which cannot offer any resistance to a flood which carries it wherever it wishes. Verse 5, you carry them like a flood. You carry them as a flood carries things, even so, life carries us wherever it wishes, sometimes to dump us to the place where we can no longer be useful. Furthermore, these days are like sleep, which passes away swiftly. In the latter part of verse 5, we read, they are like a sleep. In the morning, they are like grass which grows up. Like a sleep which passes swiftly. Maybe you young people can't relate to this. But those who are older know how short sweet, uh, sleep can be. You go into your bed trying to catch something of a meaningful sleep and within a couple of hours or three, you're up. You can't sleep anymore. Life is like a sleep. 
And then fifthly, they are like grass, which also passes away quickly. In other words, man's years are not just 70 to 80. They are short. Man's years are short. And man's life swiftly comes to an end because of sin. We read about sin in verse 8. You have set our iniquities before you, our secret sins in the light of your countenance. Sin is what brings about death. The wages of sin is death, we are told in the Bible. Before sin came about, man could not die. Death was the penalty for his sin. And we sin because of, rather we die because of sin. It is appointed unto man to die once, and after that, the judgment. And because you are a man, because you are human, you will die. I know you feel young and energetic, and sometimes it feels like you are in control of your life. Because you are in control of so many things, so many other things. But you will die. You may die young. You may die when you are middle-aged. You may die old. But you will die if the Lord tarries. And what explains the fact that you will die is sin. All have sinned, young, middle-aged, old. All have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. And all will die. Well, those are man's days. They have a beginning and very shortly they come to an end. But let's observe in the second place place, God's days or God's years. We read about them in the first three verses of that psalm. Lord, you've been our dwelling place in all generations. Before the mountains were brought forth or ever you had formed the earth and the world, even from everlasting to everlasting, You are God. Number of things I want us to observe. First of all, God's days have no beginning. Because we read, He is from everlasting to everlasting. His days have no beginning. If we look into what we may him as his past. We can't see 
where that past starts from. It's like a vanishing point. The more you look at it, the more it seems to vanish. The closer you get to it, as if to grasp it, the more it seems to disappear. We can't see the beginning of God's days because there are none. God's days have no beginning. Secondly, God's days and years have no succession of moments. Our days have succession, don't they? You have time today, and then there will be a tomorrow, and then the next day. There is a succession of seconds and hours and days and months. And yes, God's days have no succession of moments. He lives in one eternal present, in one ongoing present. Here is a human way of trying to describe something that is difficult for us to understand. In verse 4, for a thousand years in your sight are like yesterday when it is past. Peter says, for with God, a thousand years is like a day, and a day is like a thousand years. It's like one continuous day and one continuous year. No beginning, no end. It just goes on and on and on and on. Which means God is fully present in all times. There is nothing like he wasn't there yesterday or that he is not there today or that he will not be there tomorrow. He is fully present in all times. He is the Lord of time, but he's not subject to time. Is another thing. God's years have no end. He is from everlasting and to everlasting. No beginning, no end. Those are God's Yes. Now I want to spend a bit of time as I conclude to speak about the implications arising from man's yes and God's yes. Well, the first implication is that we need to realize as men that 
our years are transient. They are transient. And by transient, oh, transience, I mean that they don't last long. They, they are passing. They're temporary. Man's life does not last long in this world. It's not intended to last long. God has put 70 to 80 years. And we need to realize that. Now, that's another way of saying we must number our days aright. That language is used in verse 12. So teach us, teach us, Moses prays, to number our days aright that we may gain a heart of wisdom. If you know yourself well, if you have anything of the wisdom Moses writes about, you will know how to number your days aright. And if you do number them aright, you will find that they are short. That they will not go beyond 70 or 80 or perhaps 90. The point is they will come to an end. They are short. Do you realize that? Even you who are very young here, do you realize that? The days of your lives, that the days of your lives are short. Now, that being the case, we have to live our lives with a sense of urgency. If you were told that you only had a year to live, how would you live it? Would you continue to live as if you had an infinite number of years to live? Or you would begin to think in terms of what are the priorities of life? What are the most important things in my life? Things I need to do in the short time that remains. The wise man in Ecclesiastes chapter 12 puts it this way. First, he speaks to the young and he says to them, remember now your creator in the days of your youth. Before the difficult days come and the years draw near when you say, I have no pleasure in them. Remember your creator now. And then he says in verse 13 and 14, let us hear the conclusion of the whole matter. Fear God and keep his commandments, for this is man's all. For God will bring every work into judgment, including every secret thing, whether good or evil. 
in the short time you have to live in this world, you must remember your Creator. And how do you remember your Creator? You must live in fear of Him. You must keep His law. You must do what he says is the one and only way of getting to know him, of getting saved from sin, of living to his glory. You must do that now. You don't have much time. Do it now before the difficult days come. And the difficult days are the days when you become old and life is a burden. Before those days come, remember your Creator. Before death comes, remember your Creator. And death will come suddenly. Death will often not announce that it is coming. It just comes. It won't wait for you to do things unimportant. Often. It just comes. Before the judgment comes, remember your Creator. You must do that before your short years end. The second and last point I must make as an implication arising from man's days and God's days, man's years, short years, and God's years, is that we must realize God's eternity. We must realize our transience, but we must also realize God's eternity. God's life will outlast this life. This is how the psalmist puts it, Lord, you've been our dwelling place in all generations. Every generation that has ever been, God has been there. God will outlast this life. And realizing this is great wisdom because it will cause you to invest in God. You know, if God will always be there, it makes sense to invest in Him rather than in men, rather than in this life. It makes sense to cultivate a relationship with this God. To believe in his word and especially his word as given in his son, Jesus Christ. Eternal life is to be found in God through his son the Lord Jesus Christ. How can you have eternal life? 
where you must turn your back on a life of sin, a life that leads to death. You must turn your back on a life that insults God. You must turn your back on a life that will bring misery to your life. And invest in God. Invest in Christ. Believe in Christ. Turn to Christ. Walk with Christ. That will bring you to God. That will ensure eternity of life. This is wisdom. Number your days aright and invest in an eternal and infinite God. Have you done that? Do it now. And may God help you. Let's pray. Father, we thank you so much for this precious moment we have had in your presence, raising our hearts and our voices in worship to you. We thank you for your word, and we thank you for that message, especially meant for each one of us, a message that calls us to turn away from ourselves, to turn away from living for this life only, to investing in you, and to walking with you. We pray that if there be any here who have not invested in thee, who are living in sin, who are setting themselves up for a death that would lead them to hell, that you would call them back to yourself and save them and lead them to a life that is eternal, a life that is unending and satisfying. We pray that this life we would all pursue, that we would remember to do what the wise man Solomon counsels, to fear God, to keep his commandments, for this is man's all. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening to this sermon. Find out more about Central Baptist Church at www.central.org.za.